All right. We should be good to go. Um, yeah, so it's been a little while, as we were just talking about. Uh, but uh, this is the Upper Cumberland Outreach Ministry podcast. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with the ministry, uh, Neil here, uh, Neil Height does most of the legwork, I would say, uh, for it. I help out. Uh, as my two kids will let me nowadays. But um, Neil, why don't you just go ahead and just introduce yourself and how you got involved in this ministry and kind of what the goals are as uh, as the minister over UCOM. Sure. Well, I'm a transplant. I'm originally from Hopkinsville, Kentucky. That's up around Fort Campbell. Uh, we were wanting to move this direction to get closer to my wife's family. I'm an only child, and I'm my mother, she came with us, so my family's with us. And we come through Cookville, and we really like the area. Put us about uh, two and a half hours from her family, about an hour, a little over, from our son and his wife and our new grandchild. So that kind of made the decision we're not going to move any further <laughs> east to get any further away from that grandchild. So, And... Uh, I tried out here at uh, Double Springs. Uh, they decided to go with a different minister. And then I got a call and said, hey, we've got this idea. Would you be interested? And it was pitched to me by both Michael and a couple of the elders here. And I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds like something I'd love to do. So it started out, we had just a, a few congregations that Michael actually was already working with. And as uh, the word got out that we had more men available we began sending men to different congregations. We have several, several congregations, especially uh, in Jackson County, that just uh, are having a difficulty getting a full-time minister. Uh, don't have um, enough of a population to actually pay someone to be there full-time. And uh, I don't know if folks know it or not, but uh, there's a major preacher, preacher shortage right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the opportunity, it's been not this past summer, but the summer before that, to speak with some of the the colleges, some of those that were on the boards at some of those colleges of the Brotherhood, and uh, they said it's at an all-time low. They just don't have folks going to school to be preachers anymore, and that that's scary because the word still needs to be got out there. So if we're going to do that, we're going to need to grow our own. So the second part of UCOM, the idea was to let's encourage some folks who might be willing to put a sermon together and preach maybe one time a year or better yet, one time a month. <laughs> we'll use whatever we can. And uh, we've got a couple of uh, guys that are coming to that now um, and are excited about that. I've had a couple more contact me, so we may be having some more come. And just to get an opportunity to sit around and talk with folks who have put sermons together to present sermon ideas. We've even provided opportunity for folks to stand in the pulpit and preach to a few of us. And then we would talk about the diff what we got out of the sermon. Was that what you meant for us to get out of the sermon? Here's what we heard. Is that what you meant for it to come? And that is a great tool. Everyone that has done it has said that was awesome because I knew what I wanted to say. And sometimes I was saying it, but sometimes I come across differently. And, and to know that, helped out and yep. uh, everyone that has 
made notes and maybe modified the sermon a little bit have come back just beaming from the congregations that really enjoyed them coming and, and preaching with them. Yep. We've got a lot of congregations that uh, without our help, they're probably not going to survive. And the idea behind UCOM is not just to be the stopgap. We want to help congregations. You come up with a plan. We'll assist you. We'll give you resources. We've got men can lead singing. We've got men that can preach and teach classes. We can help you. But the idea is for those congregations to come up with some ideas. Here's what we want to do. Here's how we want to grow. And we want them to be able to move into the point of getting their own preacher. And we've had two that have worked with us now that have been able to get to a point where they've hired a full-time preacher, yep. and we're tickled with that. Yep. It's always just, it's always great to hear you talk about UCOM, and you can tell how excited you are about the work that's that's being done with that, and especially around mentoring uh, some of these younger guys, uh, less experienced guys, not even necessarily younger guys. Uh, you know, there's there's guys that are, in their 40s, uh, pushing their 50s that haven't preached much but are, are really on fire for God and just need a little encouragement and need a little help in terms of, you know, they, they may be older, but they've never prepared a lesson. Uh, they've never done that sort of thing. And so it's nice, uh, even for someone like me who has preached for several years now, to be able to sit around with some of these other people that think a little bit differently and bounce ideas off. And I know that, that the less experienced guys uh, certainly love that as well. Like you said, um, that's one of the things that I've I've personally missed out on uh, a lot here lately. <laughs> preparing to welcome a second child in the world and, and kind of getting him situated. Um, yeah, he's he's Carver has has had a little bit of trouble uh, since he's been born. We found out he has a milk protein allergy. Ouch! So he can't he. Basically, Lexi was going to have to cut out every single dairy item from her diet in order to give him breast milk. Uh, on top of that, a lot of times when they have a milk protein allergy, they're allergic to other things too, like corn uh, and certain wheats and grain and stuff like that. So, but at the same time, uh, that I mean that that's a big undertaking to ask a mother to completely change her diet like that, but. At the same time, you can also just give them normal formula because it has the same stuff in it. Uh, so we've kind of got him onto this special formula. It's helped his belly. He's sleeping better at night. But he also has severe extreme acid reflux, which uh, I believe I have cursed him with, unfortunately. <laughs> he gets that from me. Uh, I'm always down in Tums, Alka-Seltzer, all kinds of stuff because I have the same problem. So... You know, my son, uh, we, we dealt with that with him. And I had spoken with a lot of guys, uh, dads my age. I'm in my 50s. Michael's a whole lot younger than me. <laughs> and um, a lot of them were talking about that. And, and you speak to some of the older dads, and that wasn't a problem. So I just... It seems like it's more often now that the children are being born with, with that type of problem, acid reflux, yep. GERD, whatever you want to call it. If you uh, if you were to ask uh, RFK Jr., he'd say it's because of vaccines. 
all these vaccines that we've developed. We won't get into that. No. We're not going to get into political <laughs> discussions here. But, uh, but yeah, who knows why humanity seems to be uh, devolving uh, over time and things like this become more and more prominent in terms of health care and issues and things like that. I have an interesting theory on that, Michael. Let's hear it. Well, it comes from, and I'm going to give credit where credit is due, Dr. Mike Houts, okay. who is literally a rocket scientist that works for NASA. Nice. Yep, Remember yep, the Lord's yep. body? Goes to Africa with us, some on the trips, and he says it like this. When Adam was created, and Eve from Adam, our DNA was perfect, yep. not a flaw. But our DNA and everything about us has been degrading since sin was introduced into man. There's probably something to that. And he believes thoroughly that that's why we continue to have the problems that we have. He says you can look at uh, animals and things like that, and even their DNA and things like that are degrading. Yeah. They're not becoming, if you think about survival of the fittest, you should wind up with the strongest, most hardy animals, and yet he says that's not what's not going on. The they're, they're going extinct. Yeah. And again, there may be other reasons for that, but I think that's an interesting theory. Interesting theory, and maybe uh, maybe a case where uh, it's it's kind of on us, um, or kind of a uh, something that pushes us into having greater and greater faith. Generations that go on are called to have greater and greater faith. That yeah, there's all these. There's going to continue to be all these more problems in the world, uh, and there's only one place that you can go to find relief, find peace, find comfort. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. Um, but yeah, like kind of like we said at the beginning of this, uh, it's it's been a while. It's been since Polishing the Pulpit 2022 that we recorded an episode. And that was the first and last episode <laughs> until now. Uh, and interestingly enough, it was, it was right after... PTP 2022 that I kind of fell into this season of lukewarmness in terms of of my faith um, and it really came to a head the last really end of September mid-October um, but I basically fell into this state of going through the motions I I hate to say Posh in the Pulpit discouraged me, uh, but it it kind of did in a sense that uh, I kind of let it get to me that I I wanted to be like these great preachers that we heard there and, and all these lessons and everything, and I felt like I would never achieve that, so what's the point? And so I wrestled with that for a long time. Uh, my, I feel like my lessons suffered because of that. My faith suffered. My family suffered. Uh, everything suffered because of that. And uh, which is why I was never interested in picking this back up and doing this again. Um, it's part of the reason I, for a while, kind of quit coming to the the UCOM things on Thursday night. As much as I enjoyed it, I I just was not on fire like I had been. Um, but like I said, here in the last couple of months, uh, I have been put through some strenuous spiritual situations and circumstances. Um, and I'll even admit this openly to the point where I was just about ready to walk away from the faith completely. Mm. 
and we may get into that in later episodes. We uh, we won't spend too much time here in this episode today talking about that, but um, yeah, it, it all came to a head, and I was faced with this decision to be all in or all out, and um, through prayer, through uh, God, Jesus revealing himself to me through the Holy Spirit, um, I knew what the answer was. It became very obvious what the answer was, and so uh, here we are. Um, you know, I'm not going to be preaching as much as I used to, or really probably as much as I want to now, but, uh, you know, different season of life, and you got to take care of your family, you got to raise your kids, um, and I'm, I'm sure maybe you can attest to this, but, you know, it's, it's hard, I think, and I've, I've heard other people say this, uh, being a, a PK, being a preacher's kid, um, and I, I don't want that put on my kids, um, you know, I'll preach when I can, I'll help out, I'll teach class, but there's a certain level of pressure that people know of that comes with being a preacher's kid, and I don't want that put on my kids. I want them to have their own organic faith, uh, and don't have any expectations put on them, um, and just let them grow into the the Christians that I, I hope they'll be, but that's that's for them to decide. That's their path to walk, um, and I don't want to I don't want to put that pressure on them. So. It, it's tough because for some reason, um, religion in general has decided that there are more stringent requirements for the families of preachers and deacons and elders. And before somebody runs to <laughs> Timothy and Titus, I understand there are specific instructions for uh, eldership and deacons. However, I would propose this to you and look very closely. There are very few of those qualifications that every one of us should not possess. Now, there are a few that absolutely are are there for a purpose, for a leadership role, to to prove that you can lead. But the vast majority of those are qualities that every Christian should possess. Yeah. And I don't know why we do do that. you think some of that might, uh, some of those, maybe we call them misunderstanding, misinterpretation, misattribution of those things. Do you think part of that might be the reason why we are seeing a shortage of people willing to preach and willing to become full-time ministers in these positions to help these churches grow? Absolutely. I've spoken with a few that have kind of, backed off from preaching. They thought that's what they wanted to do. And then they realized what the job was going to entail. And there's unrealistic expectations sometimes. The preacher's supposed to do all the preaching. Some congregations, all the teaching. Hmm. Some congregations lead all the singing. (laughs) Then you better make sure you go visit folks that are bedfast. You better make sure you go see all the ones that are in hospital. If there's anyone in a nursing home, you better make sure you go see those. And friends, I think sometimes we, we, we think we can hire the preacher to be our Christian for us. And that's not the way that works. And you know, you name all these things. Evangelism too, a lot of times Absolutely. just gets put on the preacher to do the evangelism and get people uh, into Bible studies and get them to come to church and uh, get them into the water, you know, all that good stuff that we uh, <laughs> we press people to do. Um, you know, we're going to talk about this tonight in, in 
one of the cl- in the college class, but the biggest thing for bringing folks to Christ, the first thing is that relationship. Mm-hmm. And no matter how good that preacher is, they can only make contact with so many people. Whereas if every Christian were trying just to develop those relationships. Now, sometimes you're going to get rejected, folks. Understand that. That's going to happen. Yep. The Son of God came here and they killed him. So you understand <laughs> you're going to get rejected. Yeah. That's not on you. That's on them. But if everybody just did what they could to show Christ in their life, to show what being a member of the church means, that's going to open doors and opportunities. Hey, why do you do that? Or why do you act that way? And that's going to give you an opportunity. And if you don't feel comfortable studying, find somebody who is say, will you go with me? you study with them. I've got the relationship. You've got more knowledge. Let's go together and, and work together. And that's the way you get folks. Yep. And, you know, you, you mentioned all these things that... Uh... All these expectations and job requirements uh, that we put on preachers and things like that. But, you know, I think one of the biggest things that you mentioned that um, I think we overlook a lot of times how much effort goes into it is just the sermon preparation itself. Um, You know, you get up there and you've got probably 20 to 30 minutes of people's attention that you need to get a message out that's going to impact them in some sort of way. Um, you have to know intimately who is in your congregation and what they need to hear. Not only that, you need to go find what they need to hear in God's Word. You have to understand what God's Word is saying. And then you have to figure out how to present that to the people that need to hear it. And that takes a lot of time every week uh, to prepare a sermon. And if you don't spend a lot of time preparing a sermon, people will know you didn't spend a lot of time preparing a sermon because your sermon is not going to be very good. And people will complain about that too. Absolutely. Uh, So they expect you to do all these things and spend all this time doing evangelism, going to the hospital, going to nursing homes, and doing all these visits. Uh, But then they also don't understand the level of effort and the time that it takes to preach the way that people expect you to preach, to teach classes uh, to, the, to the level that they expect you to, to teach classes. Um, it requires you know, looking at possibly commentaries. It requires looking at multiple translation. Sometimes it requires, and I, one of my favorite things is go back to the Greek. No, I'm not a Greek scholar. But with the, the tools that we have these days, you can go back and you can look up a Greek word and get the meaning of it and then go back to the passage in context. And many times it really brings the meaning of that passage out. It just kind of, a light bulb goes off. It, oh, yeah, that's uh, how that's to be applied. News, newsflash, people. The Bible was not written in English. <laughs> the Bible was written in Hebrew, Aramaic, yeah, and some Greek. Greek. Yeah. Uh, and so going back to those original languages, like you said, really unlocks the true message and the true understanding of what these passages say. If you go and study uh, Paul's epistles, for example, there are so many times where he basically makes up words. Uh, in the Greek, 
He combines two words together to create a new thought and paint this very vivid picture that just doesn't translate into English. But when you go back to the Greek, you kind of start to understand more of the spirit of what Paul is actually teaching. Granted, you get that out of the English too, but it just unlocks a certain level of understanding and helps you relate to it uh, just that much more if you're able and comfortable to go to the Greek and do that. Absolutely. There's there's Strong's, there's Thayer's. Uh, you have online programs that will do that now. You've got, uh, there are Greek dictionaries out there that are not necessarily uh, related to any type of religion, but you can go to the Greek word and, and have an unbiased definition of it because, you know, normally we kind of put our own little twist on the definition of yeah. word. And I like to do that. I, I don't want to know what a religious scholar, I do, but I want to know what would a non-religious person have thought that word meant back then. Yeah. And then look at the context. And, and many times it makes sense. Okay, I see why they went that way. I understand. You know, some things just don't translate well either. Oh, yeah. Words change. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, you and I have talked about this. The word awful. <laughs> If I say the word yeah. awful today, everybody thinks, oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. But full years and years, of it was full of all. It was something that was awe-inspiring. It just, wow! It meant something totally different. And if that word meant something totally different when it was translated, we need to know, okay, what word would take that place now? What, what works there? And like any language, many times the Greek word has multiple definitions and the context determines which definition is to be used there. Yep. Uh, another great example of that is in, in Mark chapter 14. Uh, as, as Jesus has spent time praying in the garden, he comes back the second time to his disciples and wakes them up again. And in verse 41, uh, in the English, you get this exclamation where he says, Enough. You don't, that again, that's something in the original text, the original language, that doesn't translate well into English. We read it as enough, but really the word or the terminology or the phrasing there is this idea from like a court setting that something has been decided, that this is the finality of things, this is how it's going to be, this is the decision and the path that has been set. And so we see, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The time has come. So really, unless you go to the Greek and you understand what he's actually saying, you don't get enough of that sense of, okay, we're done praying. I'm done wrestling with this cup. The time has come. We're moving past this and we're heading to the cross. And that's, that's something, as we studied, Mark, recently on Wednesday nights here at, at Double Springs in the auditorium class, uh, that really jumped out at me while I was preparing to teach this and, and something that kind of stuck with me. So, But it's, you can find example after example of Absolutely. going back to the original language. Um, and and the, I want to come back to, for example, Strong's, uh, McKay's books. I know there's one in Knoxville. I don't think there's one here in cookbook but there's one in Nashville I believe and I picked up a couple of Strong's over the years for, for less than four dollars yep 
there there are programs out there that I paid zero dollars for. Online. There's online. free resources online everywhere. I encourage if you truly want to study, pull those things up, open them up when you, you when you study your Bible and look at those meanings. It will it will bring that word to life and make you see things maybe you haven't seen before. And maybe make you make some realizations, oh, hey, that makes more sense now and uh, maybe I need to change something. Yeah. Is there anything that if you could ask anybody who listens to this, uh, anything in particular you related that you, you would really like for people to to know, to be aware of, to pray for, anything like that uh, that, that we want to share um, and use this platform for. Because I, I can think of some things, but uh, I want to I give it over to you first. I don't know that maybe cut, catches you off guard a little bit. but um. Well, we want to glorify God. I mean, that's Amen. our number one purpose. Amen. And uh, I pray, and I know you do, and, and several of us do constantly, that... Show us what we need to do so we are profitable for you. Make sure we're not going the direction we think we ought to be going, but how would you want us to do? Michael, you know as well as I do that you can stay busy and not be growing a bit. Yep. You can stay busy and be doing all kinds of things and not bringing glory to God. Even though they're good things and things that, that we, we want to do, they, they're just not being done in such a way that brings glory to God. And the whole idea behind UConn was to try to strengthen these churches. And I guess the question that I would have to our listeners is, how can we get folks to understand the urgency of this? We seem to have become complacent in general. Now, I know there are some folks who are working hard, and I'm not, I'm not saying that they aren't, but if we really look at our lives, myself included, there are times that, I've literally said, well, I, th- I think I've done enough. No, I haven't. <laughs> you don't get to retire. I'm not going to work my way into heaven. I understand yes, that. Yeah. But my love for him should be that I want to constantly be doing better and showing others him in my life. So how do we get folks from thinking about what does worship do for me to how can I help? How can I help? the Lord's body grow? How can I help my brothers and sisters grow stronger in their faith? How can I help get the message about Jesus and the fact that he died for everybody? How can I get that out there? How can I help? I think that's an excellent prayer. I think what I have kind of goes along with that. Um, As we start to to wrap this episode up, we're going to try to keep these short enough, bite-sized enough that it's not going to you know, take up a lot of people's day sitting there for an hour or two oh, trying yeah. to listen to this. But um, anyway, what, what I what I was going to say is, be we we I would ask that people be in prayer, especially those that are in the congregations that we help and that we work with. I know those congregations. I know several of them very well. Um. And I would just ask that, that those congregations be in prayer for this work, this ministry, and especially the young men, the older, less experienced men that are involved in this. Um, 
pray for them. We so often, I think, devalue prayer and the power that it has to to change things. Um, So I ask that you pray for these, these men that are laboring for the Lord, that God can work in some special way in their life, that that Jesus can continue to be glorified by the work that they're doing and that they will be encouraged um, by doing so. I would also ask that, again, kind of echoing what you said a little bit, how can we help the Lord's body grow? And really, how can we reach these communities better? Because like you said, several of these congregations, without our help, without the help of even men that aren't really connected to UConn, but that are sort of these transient fill-in uh, preachers, they they would their doors would close. I'll just I'll be blunt. They would not be able to keep their doors open. They wouldn't be able to to have a, a worship service as we think of it. Um, so pray for those congregations. Pray that they can grow in strength and grow in unity and and reach their communities and grow in the way that God wants them to grow. Um, Did a lot of rambling today. (laughs) I feel like I will have some more structure to this and some more uh, directed conversations, some other guests and stuff like that from time to time. Um, But if there's any topics that... uh, Anybody wants us to hit on, of course, you can always reach out to me or to Neil. Um, We're not shy. We'll talk about anything, anytime, anywhere. Um, So just let us know. We have some ideas of some things we'd probably like to to spend some time talking about and studying about. Um, But with that, Neil, you want to lead us in a word of prayer to close us out? Absolutely. Lord, we're so thankful for the opportunity that we have to do this podcast today. We pray that those who are listening and will listen, that it will bring a blessing to their life, that it will cause them to think or be able to come to a conclusion to live more closely to your word, that they might be examples to others. And if there are those who are listening who have not obeyed your word, they will cause them to want to look more deeply into your word and, and see what it says and See the fact that it is, it is through Christ that we all have hope of eternal life and only through Him. We pray for UCOM, the congregations that are helping us by providing men that, to go and preach for those congregations that are in need of men to come preach to them. We ask that you would bless each of these, that those who are helping us with men will continue to train up men and we'll be able to have more and more who are able to preach your word. And that those who are receiving these men will give them encouragement and in their encouragement be, take encouragement themselves and that they can grow in, in strength and in number and that they may find ways to serve their community in such a way that you will be seen and that in doing so, your word will be spread and you receive the glory and all. Guide us, Lord, always to be an encouragement to one another, whether it be those of our brothers and sisters. But we pray, Lord, that we always live our life in such a way that others see you in us, that as we live our life and we preach a sermon by doing so, it will be a sermon that says we love him 
We want to confess his name constantly. We want to show the world that uh, our desire is to bring glory to him and to bring souls to him. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.